the day before Thanksgiving in 1971, a man identifying himself as Dan Cooper bought a plane ticket from Portland to Seattle. He hijacked the plane, claiming he had a bomb in his briefcase and demanded $200,000 in four parachutes. He jumped out of the plane with the money and the bomb somewhere over the Pacific Northwest, never to be seen again. The FBI claims to have investigated over a thousand people, including dozens of deathbed confessions. In 2016, 45 years after the hijacking, the FBI suspended its investigation of the case. While the FBI is no longer looking for D.B. Cooper, there is a community of people who are trying to solve the case on their own. Welcome to the Cooper Vortex. Why are there so many theories linking the Zodiac Killer to D.B. Cooper? That's something I've been wondering, so I tracked down an expert on the Zodiac Killer to help me figure that out. My guest in this episode is James Cook. James has been researching the Zodiac for almost two decades now, and is one of the people running the Zodiac Killer discussion group on Facebook. His ability to recall names and facts about the case is pretty amazing. James knows his stuff, and I believe he was the right choice to help me figure out if there is a connection between the Zodiac and D.B. Cooper. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend, James Cook. James, what makes you more qualified than most to talk about the Zodiac Killer? Um, I wouldn't personally say I'm more qualified, but I would say that um, an interesting fact, and I mean, I'm not alone, I don't necessarily have a particular suspect in mind. And so I'm kind of like able to uh, uh, look at it like a a little bit in a broader sense. Um, I do have you know, 17 or 18 years of, you know, I mean, I've had a few moments where I've taken some time off, but for the most part, I've, uh, you know, it's definitely been a big part of my life for the last 17, 18 years. And so, uh, um, you know, I think that, you know, occasionally you get blinders on, you get like kind of obsessed with a particular suspect, but eventually there's always something that ends up like kind of, you know, moving you off of that. I'm sure you've kind of gone through the same thing with the Cooper suspects and stuff, you know, like that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Let's start off with why, why do you think some people believe that the Zodiac and DB Cooper are the same person? I would definitely say that it's, uh, the fact that, uh, the mystique behind both of them, both being sort of unsolved and there's also so much misinformation, you know, that you probably find yourself with the Cooper case. And I think just the history, you know, similar uh, time periods, very generic kind of looking at sketches and the fact that you actually have like, even though they're generic, they're definitely, uh, I've definitely seen uh, different cases where they have a, a, sketches that are like you're just kind of like okay is that really a person am i you know trying to figure it out i mean there's you know there's something there where you're like okay you know i can gravitate towards this and this is kind of like what i guess i would believe that these uh you know zodiac or cooper looked like but i you know i think that leads to a lot of sort of confusion you know is there just the one primary sketch of the zodiac well, I mean, they actually have like a couple, um, 
that have basically kind of like uh, transformed because they basically you get your your main ones came from the the Paul Stein uh, taxi cab murder, the last actually like known uh, Zodiac murder. Um, they basically uh, there was some kids that were actually looking down at the at, as, this was, as the murder was taking place, and they uh, came up with the with the sketch. But then uh, Officer uh, uh, Dan Folk. Uh, who was actually on the beat and was believed to have possibly uh, walked nearby enough to have like seen Zodiac trying to like uh, slowly kind of like leave the scene. But they of course thought they were looking for a a black suspect that that had gone out over the uh, radio. And so basically he came back and kind of like did some like updates because he got like probably a little bit better look. And then there was also like, there's a little bit of conjecture as far as like at the Lake Berryessa, there was possibly, if you look, if you like Google it, there's actually one of like kind of a fatter looking face guy, but nobody really knows. It might've just been somebody out there. I think it was like some actual, uh, somebody, some kids that were out there hanging out might've like uh, picked that up. But before he, that was actually where he wore the hood. But after that, you know, it's it's very difficult to say because, you know, most of the people were either dead or, you know, Brian Hartnell survived, but he had a hood on, so you get very limited uh, access, you know, information. But, yeah, it's about that. Is there anything that could potentially link the Zodiac to D.B. Cooper? I mean, as I actually started, like, uh, deep dive in this uh, after we talked um you know i was kind of looking through it and it's like you probably know a lot more about the actual like uh, notes and like um if if they were actually like i mean your opinion on if they were actually real that were mailed in and stuff like that from the db cooper but uh one of the envelopes looked it like because i i believe the ones at least the letters i saw were were all like typed and stuff like that so that would be really difficult to uh try to figure a link between uh the writings and stuff like that but the envelope i wouldn't say it was definitely but it was definitely like a little bit it gave me pause you know but still that would probably be about it because at the end of the day, other than the fact that again i think people see this sort of generically kind of looking guys you know everybody back then you know with the mostly the you know there's so many guys with the clean cut haircut and everything like that but you know that you know i really i don't see a link between the two and the big you know the big problems between it would just be the fact that we don't have any reason to believe that you know, Cooper was actually like a killer. I mean, there's, it's very hard to say, you know, if he even really even had a bomb on him, you know, and I guess people try to link that because of the fact that, you know, Zodiac threatened, but again, even, even with him, there's, there's just no proof, you know, other than the fact that he was running his mouth, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. And I'm not that familiar with the Zodiac case, but on the Cooper case, no one's even a hundred percent sure if those letters are from Cooper. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, exactly. Even if there's very similar handwriting between you know one or a couple of the zodiac letters mm-hmm. and one of the Cooper letters, that doesn't necessarily mean they're the same person. Especially if yeah. we're not even sure that Cooper wrote those letters. Exactly. And, are and the, are you sure that the the letters are from the zodiac? Oh, I mean, as far as I mean, here's my per. There's a lot of people out there that have tried to to pick that apart. And there's a ton of letters. If you go to actually go to a Zodiac Killer site.com, they actually have a pretty uh, nicely laid out, like uh, between the confirmed letters and the unconfirmed. And it's like, I personally go with, I'm not a handwriting expert. And I just feel like that's a can of worms that like just becomes like, I mean, if somebody really came up with some really good information, I'd be sure to jump all over it. But I'm just comfortable saying that the letters that they have t- they have tied to, uh, you know, Zodiac, I'm comfortable in being like, okay, those are good. I'm not a handwriting expert, but I will say handwriting, the more that you do look at it, it's like it is definitely far from a sure thing that, you know, people I think people have an idea like it's it's DNA. It's, it's just not. Oh, definitely. But, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, again, I'm just, I'm, you know, unless I saw more, I'm comfortable in, in, the, in saying that the, the actual letters that they've confirmed, because I mean, they're like on, like a, on this uh, uh, Zodiac Killer site, I mean, they've got like a ton more, like if you click on the unconfirmed, I mean, it's vast amounts of them. And a lot of those, if you go through it, I kind of was deep diving and looking at those the last couple of days. And I mean, it's ridiculous. You're kind of like, yeah, that, that isn't going to pass the, the test. <laughs> but then some of them are really close and you're like, okay. You know, and sometimes I think they, they passed them as, un, as unconfirmed or just blew them off too, because, you know, without looking at them a lot harder, I think some of them, it wasn't even just the handwriting. It was like, just it just didn't work but a lot of times the handwriting with any if you actually look through a lot of zodiac letters because his his obviously you know his handwriting i guess didn't change enough he had enough like uh telltale signs left but it actually went from like really really sloppy in the first letters to like getting a lot cleaner but and i guess we you know who knows why which is it's definitely odd i mean i personally have always had the theory that it was just mostly just because messing with people yeah absolutely i mean why else would you do that you just want to taunt the police and yeah i mean i i mean that's personally i guess for me when you were asking me about qualifications and i was talking about you know i've never really you know i've not not for a lack of trying i either developed a suspect or like actually like jumped on board but i've definitely been more like you know swayed over the years as far as like my personal opinion on like what we're what you'd be looking for. So it's like, I just, I think the letters were instrumental to his quest. And I think he was uh, definitely uh, interested in uh, messing with people. And I think, I think the murders were more or less just, he was a recreational killer more than a actual, you know, your classic Ted Bundy or something that I, I think ultimately Ted Bundy just would not have been able to ever stop. I think Zodiac, it was more a recreational and I think the letters and I honestly, the, the sad thing is, is I bet you he was writing 
letters like before and after that have either gotten lost either got lost or you know obviously before nobody was really paying attention and i think the killings probably start as a way to like put some teeth behind it oh that's interesting i think if you look at it i mean sure i mean obviously people have had a ton of different uh theories as to why uh you, you know this stopped um and it's just kind of one of those things because I guess the the last confirmed and you know there's some there's some people that have argued it but you know the last confirmed letter would have been uh, July 8th of 74, and so it's kind of like okay where did you go but uh, did you just stop I mean who knows maybe you just started I, I mean I've kind of just come to the conclusion again it's not really something that I could you know prove or anything like that but I just don't think it's crazy and I. I I think the more I've studied, you know, cause I've, you know, I've spent a fair amount of time looking at other cases and usually if it seems too good to be true, it is. And usually these cases are not nearly as crazy as you would think. And I think he just drifted on to like other things and, and, you know, had other, uh, you know, interests and it was definitely like a thrill killer, uh, spree killer, type of uh, you know situation more than like a psycho killer it sounds like you and i are kind of in the same position with both of these that we've both researched it to death but aren't a hundred percent satisfied with any of the suspects oh no yeah i mean if you yeah if you go to like uh any of the other websites but you know i i think zodiac killers just kind of like the cleanest uh, internet website um it uh they have them you know they have like the prime people like laid out it's just like you look at them and it's like there's always like things that you're just like man this is really cool and then you're just like man it really falls apart here i mean i have learned that the more you look at these guys you're not going to ever be in a situation where it's a hundred percent you know, like, okay, I just, you know, I, I closed up every hole. This is, this works perfectly. That's just not going to happen. And, but you do learn that uh, certain things, like they do start like make sense because, you know, I have like, you know, I spent off and on time with the uh, Golden State Killer before he was like uh, captured. And it's like eerie because even though pretty much everybody had a, the profile, pretty close to wrong other than the fact that some people did think he could have been a cop but after he was captured you were like learning about him and you were like oh my gosh this is like the same guy <laughs> you know he had a lot of the, he had the, he had all the same traits of you know people like observed him like pacing back and forth in his yard like screaming at nothing <laughs> well he was he, you know he was observed doing that during the crimes like leaving the room and just you know, screaming and yelling in the other room and just like, and nobody ever knew over the years. They're like, okay, is he trying to scare them? But apparently that was just like a huge personality trait where this guy would just fly off the handle. He would do it to, you know, with his neighbors, but he would also just be like stomping around in the backyard, just mad, you know? And, uh, it's just totally crazy. Cause you're like, and there's, you know, a bunch more stuff, but you know, it's just crazy where you're like, this is him. And, you know, I think, I think you would probably end up, feeling fairly satisfied if they, for whatever reason, could actually grab, you know, uh, or figure out, you know, who D.B. Cooper is. It's like, I think you would 
probably get some satisfaction out of that where you're like, yeah, that's, that's, that's him, you know, and it's really, uh, it's one of those things though. I just, you know, it's frustrating because I don't know what it's, you know, I don't know what it's going to take. I'm sure you, I'm sure you think about that a lot too. Oh, definitely. I, I mean, I've studied so many suspects that are ranging from, you know, absolutely not DB Cooper to very plausible, but at the same time, you know, I think it could be none of them. And it's a guy that whose name we've never heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that, I'm definitely in that camp with Zodiac. And I usually would, you know, it de- depend. you know, you always run across people or whatever you get into a conversation and they're like, who's, you know, who's your, and I'm always like, none of the above. Like, and I mean, you know, going back to the golden state killer case, I mean, Joseph D'Angelo was not on anybody's radar. And a lot of these guys aren't, um, you know, uh, uh, the BTK killer, uh, uh, what was our Dennis Rader? He, you know, he was not on anybody's radar. You know, they, they were not on the wall of suspects, which I think is a, is a tie though. When you were asking me like similarities between these two cases, I would say that the, the wall, they're both like really interesting that they're, you know, quote unquote wall of suspects is just like so extensive and so uh, many, you know, as far as that was always what was frustrating before they cat they uh, caught a uh, Dennis Rader. I kind of dipped my toes into that back in the uh, 2000s and stuff. And there just wasn't a whole lot of information. There wasn't a whole lot of suspects. And so it made it a lot different. I think that's same thing with the Golden State Killer. It was just kind of like very much like, oh, you know, they just didn't have that wall of suspects and you were kind of like constantly, it was a lot different. Whereas these, I don't know if that makes it better because, you know, there's been oftentimes where I've caught myself like just looking at some of the pictures of these guys. <laughs> I'm like, okay, am I looking at, you know, it's, it's just crazy. And I'm sure you've done the same thing. Oh yeah. There in the, in the Cooper case, I think there's, 20 to 30 suspects that are plausible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's a lot of people yeah yeah i would definitely say like when you talk about differences and problems with trying to connect the two to besides the fact that we just don't we don't know i mean zodiac had had no uh there was never a motive for like uh theft money not not to say that that couldn't have changed but you know when you're going on what we know of we we do not know that and then obviously cooper it was like very uh much a big part of the whole story you know that he was on that plane uh smoking cigarettes and uh there's just no indication that you know zodiac was a cigarette smoker just from the standpoint of like all the evidence of any of the crime scenes and everything like that oh really i I didn't know that yeah, I've never come across like cigarette butts or anything like that. Because even with the uh, uh, Gold State Killer case, he was actually like, yeah, it turns out, you know, you're talking about like, okay, that adds up. Uh, he would, he would, he liked to kick back before he would, you know, break into people's houses and stuff and drink a couple of beers and stuff like that. And, and it's crazy because they actually found out behind his shed just a huge like the guy just like just collected just cans of beer just had them back in there just mounds of them and uh you know and so you would even see those where they were like oh yeah it was like they couldn't figure it out like 
you know, where are these, you know, are these his, were these his cans of beer they left out, you know, around their yard and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, so a lot of these guys, it's what they do. And especially if you were a smoker and you think about it, I mean, you know, Cooper's on that plane sitting there, like he's trying to probably stay calm and collected and, you know, he's smoking and doing what he's got to do. But yeah, I've just, I've never come across that. And there would have been a few incidents where you could have seen, especially like at Lake Berryessa where I've, it's always been believed Zodiac was probably hanging around for at least a little while, uh, you know, that maybe he would have had a cigarette. You would have seen, you know, somewhere in that area, even like when he went to actually write, cause that's where he wrote on a Brian Hartnell that actually survived on his car, the car of his, uh, the door of his car. He wrote, uh, that's where they tied it to him, the hand, actually the handwriting off the car door. Um, he, uh, you would have thought maybe, you know, while he's writing that or whatever, he would have, lit up a cigarette and then you know sitting there writing on the door and smoking or whatever it's like you know i mean you know sure there's definitely a possibility maybe that doesn't happen but yeah i always thought that, that was kind of like an interesting like thing just the fact that i've just never never seen that or heard of it and any of the evidence yeah that is interesting because most men at the time would have smoked yeah and and cooper smoked you know eight cigarettes in five hours Sure. Yeah. You, yeah. I was, I was like trying to think of, yeah, what I'd read about that. Yeah. I was like, yeah, exactly. He was, he was sitting there and he had, had a couple of drinks or whatever and was just doing his thing. Yeah. One other thing you touched on is the Zodiac killer is violent and a killer, obviously, but never stole anything from anyone that you're mm-hmm. aware of. Now, I mean, I, I believe, yeah, he, 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 when he when he uh, murdered Paul Stein, Paul Stein's like wallet was taken out of there, and that would be like something that you could probably, if you cleaned out somebody's attic and they were like claiming, you know, that was their relative or something, you know, that might be a memento that you would find. But I don't think, you know, again, it was ever stolen for like any kind of money. And I mean, Paul Stein was a. 28, I believe, I think he was like 28-year-old cab driver uh, that I think was just gone back to college at that point. So he was probably didn't have a whole lot of money. And he definitely did not like, you know, there wasn't anything like, you know, again, it just wasn't a motive. Nope. But the other victims were definitely not touched. And there was no, uh, I think that's always something too when you run across some of these people that try to tie them in. And I think we uh, t- we were talking about touching on uh, some other people like uh, Ed Edwards and stuff like that. You know, it makes it complicated trying to tie him into that just because of the fact that uh, uh, just me personally, you know, there's just there's no uh, uh, sexual component to any of his like killings, whereas Edwards, I believe, like possibly there was like a possible rape with one of them and so i mean yeah these guys do change you know i've had i've, I've actually had some people on a try to bring up trying to tie him to a joseph d'angelo you know the gold state killer where all his stuff was all sexually like it was and it's like a perfect trajectory from peeping to to rapes to rapes and murder you know like it just goes into a perfect flow of, of violence you know whereas zodiac yes he's all over the map 
definitely. I mean, that's part of that, you know, that's part of the, the mystery of it is trying to figure out like, there's really not a whole, you know, a lot of rhyme or reason <laughs> with his stuff. But the one thing that he did not do was there was never any, it was always very much like un, unpersonal, non-sexual, definitely not, you know, not robbery. And that stayed very consistent. Yeah. And, and Cooper's the exact opposite. I mean, he stole the $200,000, but uh, the stewardesses both said he was polite um, mm-hmm. and never appeared nervous. Uh, no one was physically hurt in it. He ordered meals for the crew. He just seemed like a very considerate dude. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely would say from a reading, you know, Zodiac letters and stuff like that, he was very much like not a considerable person. Um, I would, I would dare say like, you know, uh, narcissistic, like definitely did not give a crap about anybody <laughs> <laughs> would have definitely. And, and I think he would have been on the plane. Like, I think honestly driving people crazy. I kind of like get the feeling that he was probably like a huge, because he throws in just weird stuff from, you know, the McC- Kata, I think that's how you say it, the opera, and just, you know, weird references, and you're just like, okay, this is like this guy, he would have been on the plane just driving whoever was sitting next to him crazy with, like, stupid amounts of, like, trivia or something like that. Throwing out and random it, information. Yes, absolutely. Because, I mean, his letters, like, if you go through them, they're just, they're just bizarre, I mean, just crazy stuff. And you're like, he, you know, he got to the point, you know, where it's like, I've always, I've always placed him like on the older side of things, just because I was just like, I just don't see a young kid being as, as, cause he was, he was cool and calculated, but he was also like, I don't get the feeling that he was a tr- like a true killer in the sense, like a lot of people have tried to say, Oh, he was highly trained in this and that because there was a lot of, of evidence that, you know, he missed, he misfired and missed victims at a very close range, you know, and so probably wasn't a great shot. And I think even Brian Hartnell said he was, his hands seemed to be shaking when he was trying to have them tie themselves up. So, but I also see him as being very, he was calculated in enough other ways where I'm just don't, I don't see a younger person, but he also would throw you off because he had, you know, some, References to the Beatles, I would assume, with like he referred to the police as blue meanies. And I think in their yellow submarine, I think they did something like that. And it's, you know, so you'd be like, okay, he wasn't too old to to have some, you know, cultural references to like younger stuff. But again, he was into the opera you know, stuff like that. And definitely did not spend any other time talking about, you know, rock and roll or anything like that. And so, you know, even cause by 1968, 69, I definitely would have been more in the mainstream by that point. And, uh, still it wasn't, that was definitely not other than what I would, I think nah, I'm not alone and thinking that was probably, you know, Beatles reference, but so how old do you think the Zodiac Killer was? Uh, Cooper I, in 71, they pegged him at mid-40s about. I'm thinking, yeah, because, I mean, Zodiac's been all over the place. Um, in fact, I mean, I think, 
I think it was Brian Harnell that said that he felt like he definitely had a, a, a very unique uh, speaking cadence. But I think he pegged him as his voice being maybe a little bit younger or it might have been a I don't have her in my notes, but the phone operator that talked to him that actually heard heard him talk. And uh, but I kind of look at it like I'm thinking like late thirties kind of thing. And I think if you look at his his the sketch and everything too, it's like it definitely seems like a guy like late thirties, mid to late thirties kind of deal. All right, well, let's jump right into suspects. Um, All right. I sent you a couple I, I wanted to talk about. Let's start with sure. Stephen Stanislaw Jr. Okay, yeah, I'd actually never even heard of him until, uh, you know, uh, I guess her name's Carol Ann. Yeah, Carol Ann, yeah, his daughter. She, she came, yeah, she came on your podcast. Yeah, she seemed like a really nice lady. I really feel for her situation. Yeah, I definitely would not be interested in uh, tearing her apart or anything like that. Her story is her story. Um, I mean, my only things would be like from her. I mean, I I looked as much as I could, and I would just simply – I would need to see a lot more information. I mean, a lot of the stuff seemed to be kind of – circumstantial or you know i totally believe her and i would never say i don't but you know i would need to see a lot of the more information i mean the, the things i would have to ask and this is what i always tell everybody you have to you know if you want to come up with a suspect i mean you really have got to be able to put them in these places like 100 uh, percent. you know california is a really big state so you know, just because you can say, okay, he was in California or whatever. It's like, I need to know. I mean, was he in Vallejo? I mean, a lot of people feel like Zodiac Killer had a pretty familiar uh, connection to Vallejo. And then obviously like San Francisco, because he was able to get away. For, and, you know, especially when you talk about like Lake Herman Road for the first killings, uh, um, it, it you know, we're not just talking about like just some place that, you know, everybody's going to know about. Um, the other problems would, you know, come down to uh, the fact that you also, and this is what ties into a lot of the suspects. I mean, we know that the first killings were of Betty Lou Jensen and David Faraday, uh, you know, on December 20th in 1968, but there is, you know, there are people and it's, you know, it's definitely far from being, uh, you know, just like fantasy or like uh, uh, that uh, there was a Sherry Joe Bates that was killed in 1966. And then also a Robert Dominguez and, a, and a Linda Edwards in 1963. I think the Robert Dominguez and Linda Edwards, there's a lot of similarities between that, but it also is like, it's, you know, that kind of goes up and down. The people that are really into that case really try to tie it to Zodiac, but still regardless. So that, 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 that makes the timeline a lot earlier as far as like trying to put them in there. And while those two cases in 63 and then uh 66 are far from being like a hundred percent, they're definitely close enough to where you, you have to put it as part of the story as far as you're like in the back of your mind, like thinking, okay, I can't totally exclude them. 
And so that speeds up the timeline as far as like placing these people in the areas. And so those would be the kind of things that like I would personally need to see. I mean, the problem that I have to a certain degree too is when people try to like really expand out as far as the uh, trying to make the suspects like more than, you know, like I said, if it's too good to be true, it usually is. And so I, I totally respect, uh, Ann, but it's like it's hard for me to think again with the problems I have between trying to tie a uh, zodiac to uh, DB Cooper. It's hard for me to totally buy into that. And then obviously, you know, then she's went with farther with Delana Chalmers, which I don't really know that much about that. But I mean, it also would go back to the fact that it's like, I mean, I just don't know. Even though Zodiac threatened, you know, to kill children and, uh, you know, at one point, you know, pick them off the school bus, um, there's still just no hard evidence. And, you know, I've never seen anything like tying him to, a, you know, Atlanta or anything like that. And some of the I looked at some of the, the kids that were killed there was actually like strangulation. And so while he definitely expanded on his killing. Again, we don't have an actual, like, you know, situation where he killed him. And I mean, personally, when I look at the list of the, of the kids that were killed, it seems more likely to me that it was more than one person that was doing all that. And these were just like, you know, because out here in Texas, we actually have a I-45, uh, you know, uh, I think they call it the I-45 killings. Uh, it's out between Houston and uh, uh, Galveston. But I think most people have always kind of come to the conclusion it wasn't one person. It wasn't a serial killer. It was just a dumping area. And so I think Atlanta is such a big place. You were probably just having, and I think even uh, um, John Douglas, the profiler, I, I was actually reading something when I was looking on the Atlanta child, like he, he didn't seem comfortable with going into detail over it, but he even seemed to feel like he had some information that the FBI probably believed it to be more than one person and he just wouldn't go into it. And, and also, you know, his profile, he's been, he's definitely been wrong before because it seems like his Zodiac profile was a little bit off to me, but he's, you know, he's still, he's still kind of considered to be one of the big shots and definitely one of the creators of profiling. So in your opinion, is Steven Stanislaw Jr. the Zodiac killer? I mean, with what I know, I don't feel comfortable in saying no, you know, a hundred percent because it's like, again, if Carol Ann could pr present, like, I mean, I just need to see like a lot more stuff. Um, but no, I mean, just with, from what I had seen, I was like, I think she, I definitely think he was a bad guy and I feel so bad for their family to have had to go through that. But it's one of those things like, I just, I need to see a lot more. All right. Uh, let's go to a suspect you might be a little bit more familiar with Frank Morris. Oh, Frank Morris. Yeah. The, the, the things with Frank Morris, I guess the, what would make it interesting would be the fact that he, you could basically, I guess you could say, you know, he was, he could have been in the area, but the problems that I come to like really quickly, besides the fact that I just don't personally think he looks like the sketch 
the biggest problem is, is, again, I go back to like the fact that when I'm looking at people, I have to go with like what I know. And what I know about Frank Morris is that he was a career uh, car thief and robber. And, and there's just, I mean, there's no indication in like any of those situations. He didn't kill anybody. He didn't go to prison for killing anybody. I've never heard of anything of him being violent in prison or anything like that. And then also we have the problem, even though I know they've done a lot of deep dives and, and stuff like that. We don't even know if he even made it out, you know, of Alcatraz alive. <laughs> there is that. And so, you know, and that's a problem when you're trying to look at it. Like if, if we could definitively say, okay, he got out and we know it, then it's like, we could go from there and it'd definitely be a lot easier. But the thing that makes it, uh, difficult too is you know going on what we know about him and the fact is when you really look at it it's like i personally have a really hard time believing that he would he would go to the extremes to get out of a federal prison you know get across that bay and then stay in the area to like basically you know and i've heard stuff about well you know he he got he went crazy or this and that and i'm just like okay maybe he did but we don't know anything. There's no sign of like any kind of like mental problems or anything like that. When you look through like his reports on him. And so I have a hard time believing, I think he, you know, more than likely what they probably would have done was gotten out of the country. Probably, you know, Mexico would have been the easiest uh, point. And from there, who knows where they would have like disappeared. And so I have a really hard time that they would get out in June of 62 and then basically just, I mean, I guess either hang out around California or leave, but then at some point start going back on the radar to where you're like, you're antagonizing the police, getting the FBI involved. It's like, would you really want to do that? It would be a bold choice to antagonize the police after escaping Alcatraz. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, I've heard, I mean, I believe they said that Frank Morris was a pretty smart guy. So it's like, it just seems like after you go to those extremes to like get out of there, it's like you would, you would be gone and you just would not be, you would not be turning. And that, and I guess that goes back to point two. I mean, cause he's pretty famous just from the standpoint of being, you know, escape, escaping from Alcatraz. And it does seem like, okay, you know, back to my, you know, it's seems too good. Do we have a, a guy that has something is, is, you know, huge as that. And then they end up uh, having this like second run as like somebody else doing all this other stuff is, you know, the Zodiac killer, E.B. Cooper or whatever, you know, it's like, I just, I don't know. I just have a hard time with that. And, you know, it just, he doesn't, I believe, I believe he was, he was also, uh, you know, I just, I just, when I look at the, the profile sketch and everything, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel comfortable to me. It doesn't seem like the same person, same kind of, uh, motive, you know? So you don't think Frank Morris is the Zodiac killer? No. I mean, I would definitely say that it's definitely come up over the years where people have kicked it around, but you know, it's, it's just too, there's too many holes as far as I need, you know, we need to know if he actually like escaped. So no, I don't, I've never, it's never. And, and in fact, I mean, if you, I mean, again, we might be wrong, 
But when you go to like most of the like the more uh, famous uh, suspects and everything like that, I mean, I don't think he really even makes comes close to making the list. Ed Edwards. Yeah, Ed Edwards is yeah. He's definitely become like a very uh, popular guy nowadays. Um, yeah, basically, you know, it's I kind of brought him up briefly and you know that's one of the big red flags for me is just the fact that it's like he does have sort of a sexual component he uh you know he was married i think around 1968 and was starting to write that book that he had and so that's you kind of are like okay are you going to be married trying to go into this new transition but then you're also like pulling off the zodiac stuff because it's like when you actually that's the other thing with zodiac i mean while certainly people can write and do stuff um i've spent a little bit of time you know writing and things like that and it's like it's surprising like the things that like sort of bleed over and like zodiac just really just seems to be very detached from from uh, any kind of like sort of domestic kind of like cares and I just, it's like, he just, you know, Ed Edwards had just gotten married and then he's going to be kicking this off. It's not to say they didn't because he, uh, I think his, he was married to the wife that he was married to in 68 till 2009, I think. And obviously he was, ended up being arrested for the murders in 77 and 80. So he would have definitely, you know, it was not beyond him to be able to murder people like while being married but uh and he also like you know killed his a, a kid i think they had to like pr- like adopted or like were giving him you know foster home for a little while which is crazy but yeah that story's it, wild yeah it's really i mean the thing with ed edwards is i mean he is definitely beyond i mean it's it's a crazy story but i also have a problem i believe he only had even i'm not saying he was stupid i mean most people you know and I mean, I think I know I know John Cameron has talked about and he's I've, I've had a few dealings with him. Yeah, he's a, he's a cool guy um, that uh, Edwards was probably smarter than his education. But he was, I believe, a sixth grade graduate or a sixth grade education. So it leaves a little bit because I definitely don't think Zodiac was by, you know, some people try to. Oh, he was, a you know, an evil genius or something like that. I, I don't really buy into that. And I've definitely never gravitated towards the uh, ciphers. I think they're mostly just a dead end. Um, but I appreciate the people that do uh, like them and like spending time with them because I guess there's always hope. But uh, anyway, I don't. I don't think he was some sort of genius, you know, coming up with ciphers, you know, that were actual like something to them or anything like that. But I do think he was probably fairly smart. Uh, definitely smart enough to like you know, stay, you know, being, you know, being arrested. Um, so the sixth grade education leaves me a little bit of pause, but I, I look at it too, like, uh, you know, he, from what I understand, Ed Edwards had pretty poor teeth. I mean, I guess there's a possibility that, you know, because of the fact that the, the Robbins kids, they were looking down the window at the, at the, uh, San Francisco Paul Stein killing him. Mean, they definitely could not have seen his teeth. I don't really know if if Dan Fowl could have seen him, and so that's always a possibility. But you know, it's always one of those things that gives you a little bit of pause because I mean, 
people's teeth. I mean, that's kind of, that can be a trademark sometimes where you're like, yeah, it really bad teeth, but also his shoe size, I believe was said to be like a nine and a half. And they actually took shoe uh, prints of the, uh, all evidence seems to suggest were definitely Zodiacs. They were like, I, I believe over like a 10 and a half, like a 10 and a half size. So it's like, you have a little bit of discrepancy there, but I mean, more than anything, and it's like, I totally respect uh, John Cameron, you know, his work and everything like that. Um, but it just gets to be a little bit much. And I guess maybe, you know, that, that starts to like shut you off as far as trying to believe uh, that Edwards is Zodiac is just the fact that trying to tie him into so many different like famous murders. I think even his daughter is a, uh, basically just come out like against that talking about i think i think there's a podcast out now i was kind of thinking i might deep dive that on uh talking about where she's actually come on there where she's talking about how she would would really appreciate us just getting back to like the murders that he probably did commit and stop you know (laughs) trying to obsess over because she's like we know that you know he committed i think what are they arresting for five murders i believe it's five yeah yeah, and so she's like, well, it could have been more. And she's like, but let's focus on on the ones that are like a lot more realistic. But, you know, but the you know, the problem, you know, like I said, the problems with, you know, Edwards and that's the other thing too, like a big problem when you talk about trying to play somebody at 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 the area, it's really difficult to completely place him in California to the point where I think he might have had some times where he they could possibly like put him in there as far as traveling through there. And I mean, Cameron makes, you know, he makes some good, very good cases, but it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't feel like there's a hundred percent evidence. And I really do feel like when you go through the Zodiac case, it really feels like this guy was not unfamiliar with the area. I just have a hard time believing that that people just go in and pull off these murders. And you have to remember too, he mailed letters out that were postmarked in California, you know, San Francisco in particular. And, you know, it's really hard to, you know, there's been different people that people have come up with and you're like, yeah, that just, that just doesn't work. You know, in fact, I, you know, just because of the fact that you, you just got to have enough time. This guy like was mailing letters out. They were postmarked in California. Um, he he seemed to be very familiar with these like off the beat places. Uh, I believe Blue Rock, uh, sorry, Blue Rock Springs was a little bit more off the top of my head, a little bit more uh, of a hangout. I mean, I think I think both of them were sort of lovers lane type of places, but still, like Lake Herman Road was not your common place that a you know somebody not familiar with the area would uh would be going into and and comfortable and know and everything like that and obviously like some sort of familiar with like uh you know uh like uh Berryessa and obviously like I talked about San Francisco because you know that neighborhood in uh San Francisco that he was at there was some familiarity with trying to get out of that neighborhood. Cause I don't know if you've ever 
been in certain areas it's like you can definitely hit a dead end and he just very comfortably and calmly left the area and just was gone you know yeah it definitely shows some familiarity with the area yeah because people have tried you know with dropping people in in fact i think there was actually a someone i think it was a retired very irresponsible like fbi agent that tried to drop a dennis raider into the Zodiac case. And it's just like, I believe he was actually overseas in 1969 and 68. And she was like, well, he could have, I think he flew in. They had an air force base in Washington and then he dropped in. And I'm just like, you know, these killers, they don't, they don't, I mean, even I know Ed Edwards, you know, there's a lot of conjecture and different stuff that he might've been going around doing stuff, but I don't think they were dropping in from the standpoint of, it had to have been somewhere that he was, he had had some, you know, level of familiarity with either was living nearby because even when you look at the golden state killer, I mean, people could not believe like how he was just like literally killing and, and, you know, these horrible rapes, like right in his backyard, you know, and they're like, he was here the whole time. And you're just like, these guys want to be comfortable. I mean, even like, uh, um, uh, Gosh, what am I losing my train of thought? But uh, uh, the, you know, the they just did the Netflix uh, special, you know, with all the confession tapes of, uh, you know, I'm talking about up in uh, Washington, e- anyway. But uh, you know, these guys, they basically they're constantly, uh, you know, it's there's a certain amount of like comfortableness as far as they're not just dropping in and uh, killing people and then zooming out. I mean, I would basically say this as much as uh, you want to make them into something else. They're just usually when you actually study most of these cases, they're not, you know, super heroes, that kind of thing. Yeah. And there was no internet then there was no Google earth. So to be familiar Mm -hmm. with an area, you had to be there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, I mean, they, yeah, they were great. I mean, guys back then, in fact, I mean, I'm, I'm old enough to where I, I, I know how to, I can still like know how to use a, you know, you don't see them anymore, but I could use a maps go for, you know, that they would put out for the the area and you'd get it for, you know, whatever city, or I can, I could, you know, I could probably do all right pulling out an old map or something to try to figure it out. But, uh, and those guys, you know, they were probably pros at it. But still, it's like there's definitely something they were not, you know, they were not getting on their, you know, their cell phone and looking at this stuff like and gritting it out and just being like, and I have a hard time, you know, believing that, you know, if it wasn't somebody with some level of being able to blend in, you know, that it would have it would have just been a situation to where they would have. you know, again, I had the time to like do all this. Do you think the Zodiac killer will be caught? I think it's like very unlikely because of the fact that it's like at this point, it's like, it's kind of like, I'm sure you've gone through it with the DB Cooper case. It's like, you probably have certain things that you're like, okay, I have to have this. I have to have this. But when you look at, you know, the Zodiac case, it's very difficult because of the fact that I don't really know what you would want because a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, 
what if we find like his, you know, you hear that, Oh, well, you know, we'll go through an attic somewhere and find the hood and the outfit and everything like that. But I'm like, I don't really feel like that, that would do it because there was actually like, I think there, you know, there, I, I know there was one guy that was trying to claim that his dad was Zodiac and he, or his stepdad, I'm trying to remember. And he basically claimed he pulled that out and it's like, you know, he was proven to be wrong. And it was like, he obviously made, made the, hooded suit up and everything like that it's just like that's just not going to be enough because honestly we don't even really know i mean it's only you know we're only going off i mean the only person alive that actually saw that was brian hartnell and he's he's still alive now and he's uh talked about it. i think he finally stopped for the most part talking about it a while back just because he felt like people just kept getting it wrong his story and so it was just like i'm done I'm done talking about it um and good for him. It's like, you know, at some point, definitely get on with your life. And yeah. Do you want to talk about this so for he, 50 years? Yeah. And he's just like, I keep getting it wrong. The press keep getting it wrong. The police are not listening. He's just like, but anyway, you know, he's the only person that saw it. So that's like basically all you can really go off. And then guess what? You know, people's memories and stuff like that are imperfect sometimes. And so it's like, we don't really know. And so it's like, as far as evidence, and, you know, like I said, I believe I believe I'm not going to get, you know, go down that rabbit hole that the handwriting can't be tied. Some people do. I choose not to just because I just feel like at some point it just turns into madness. I'm going to trust to a certain degree the professionals. But as far as handwriting, it is still a, a version of, of junk, you know, junk science. And so I don't feel like even if you found like a stack of unsent letters or something like that with handwriting that was just perfect. And that's another problem, you know, with Ed Edwards, uh, a bunch of people have looked at his handwriting. It does, it doesn't jump out at you. And so that, you know, that doesn't mean anything, but it's also one of those things, like I said, I've, I've seen other people's handwriting that I'm, I, you can, you can see it immediately and you're like, okay, but then other problems come up with them. We're like, okay, this stuff doesn't work. So the handwriting is just not going to matter. So you've, I've seen both sides of it, but anyway, the end of the day, it's like, we're going to need, we're going to need DNA. And that's, that's a whole other can of worms as far as the Zodiac. And I know you're going down that frustrating like <laughs> path with the DB Cooper case. Cause it's like, it's like, okay, uh, what do we have exactly? Because I mean, there's been so so much false information and I just wish the police would just be, and that's a, that's a really big problem too. When you talk about the Zodiac case is just how many different police agencies were like involved in it. And just like that creates all kinds of problems because of the fact that he wasn't doing it in just one County, one area. And so that causes a lot of problems. And the DNA thing is just like a whole other can of worms. And everybody got, you know, really excited, at, you know, after the Golden State Killer got caught. And there's been a bunch of other cold cases that were like lesser known that have actually been like solved through, you know, like Jed Match and stuff like that. But it's like the, the problem from what I understand with the Zodiac DNA, and I've tried to be as honest with people as I can when I talk about it is the sources and the people that I've talked to, it's just there, there just isn't any they've tried. I think they, they had a big round of it in 2002 where they actually tried to do, I think it was an ABC show and they tried to do all this stuff and it, and then they basically ruled out like a couple of like people. And uh, it's basically been proven 
uh, sometime after that, that uh, basically they were just pulling, they never could get enough saliva uh, cells from underneath the stamps or on any of the envelope folds. So they were basically just putting anything they could pull together. And so we don't even know what they were basically kind of pulling, you know, making. I think it was the San Francisco Police Department testing center was was doing all this and they basically you know unless you get saliva that we can all know okay only zodiac killer would have had access to that and that's their saliva it's just you you don't have any idea what you're going with so i think at some point a couple years ago yeah basically just blew up where it was just like yeah the cat's out of the bag you know they do not have a profile they've never had a profile um there's been some conjecture and rumors oh they might have like a partial or something but it's like at the end of the day it's like i'm going on that until i hear otherwise because i think people have this idea with dna like it's just super you know stuff and it's just everywhere but it's like you you have to have a source that you know that is a good source and that's the thing that made the golden state killer so for them eventually so easy is they just had you know so much dna that they could basically they knew it was from one person and they weren't having to try to scrape this stuff together you know you've obviously seen that with the db cooper case when they tried different stuff and i know you were talking about the tie and the metals and stuff that they've like pulled off of it but you're you're talking about a limited you know uh you know, workspace that you're trying to like pull evidence off of. And, uh, it's very difficult. And so I've just kind of gone to that conclusion. I know that people have tried to, they got their hopes up too, because I know the Vallejo police made a big deal about, Oh yeah, we're going to, you know, I think it was like last May. Oh yeah. We're doing another round of testing and all this stuff. And people just got so excited but it ultimately just comes down to the fact that it's like, unless you have, you, you can't make DNA out of nothing. If it's, if it's not there, it's not there. And they've tried making it out of nothing and just pulling, you know, whatever. And it was probably, again, it was probably skin cells that, you know, had come in contact with all kinds of different other people because those letters, that's the, the thing that people don't realize. I think what, what is really frustrating about the Zodiac case and the DB Cooper cases, they were, they're, they're so old that there just there wasn't the kind of care because I think even by like as as you know like the late seventies I've even heard of like there being more care taken and stuff because of the fact that a lot of times at some point even though the testing wasn't there certain police agencies knew it was coming and there was just I think police work like changed and got better and I know the police work was at times like really poor because i know i know at lake berryessa they they did all kinds of just sweeping evidence up and stuff like that it was you know because it was the park rangers i think that responded out there and it's like you just didn't have the kind of police work and i think everybody nowadays because we've kind of like this generation of people have sort of grown up in a situation where you know it's csi and it's magic and we're just like you know, getting people on a little, you know, one little skin cell, stuff like that. And guess what? Sometimes they do. Absolutely. But guess what? You, you still got to have that. And if you don't have that, it's a really tough deal.
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially like you were saying in the D.B. Cooper case, they don't even know if the DNA that the partial DNA they have belongs to him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. That's what you're going on. And that's what's so frustrating, because I, I mean, a lot of times I uh, I get, uh, you know, people get frustrated with me because I, I'm definitely one of the big people, you know, that I, uh, you know, I try to be uh, one of the, the policemen, cops on uh, the Zodiac Killer discussion group on a Facebook page. And so I'm on there. I'm pretty active. Um, and I'm one of the people when the DNA questions come up, I know I, I sound like a uh, broken record and I know I sound like uh, I'm just wanting to be a wet blanket over everybody's phone. But I'm like, I really believe that the police, I don't think they mean any harm, I think. But I do believe to a certain degree it's turned into a little bit of a dog and pony show. And it's kind of like, OK, you know, I don't have any problem. I definitely think they need to try everything they can. But one of those things too you have no idea i mean maybe there was zodiac dna but the one little uh caveat that i would give towards dna as far as uh they from what i understand they there was actually a a uh a letter that was like attributed to being a a forgery in 74 i believe and then a letter in 78 that was proven to be a forgery and that from what I understand, when they did the DNA testing in like 2000, they basically tied a very clean sample to like one person on both of those forgeries, you know, four years apart. Uh, and so they never went any farther with it because at the end of the day, it's like, I don't think they knew what to do with it because that was like before anybody was, you know, running it through these genealogy sites and stuff like that. So they never did anything with it. And I don't think they really care because they're both attributed to being forgeries, but that's really an interesting little key because, and I bring that up pretty often is when you think about it, we can't find any DNA on any of the actual known letters, but they very easily found DNA on two forgeries. So it's like you do the math, you try to figure it out. Maybe they just weren't, you know, handled right. And that's definitely a real possibility. And that's something that, you know, keeps me up at night sometimes <laughs> because I mean, I'm telling you, I don't know what I would do with myself. You know, I sarcastic, you know, I'm being facetious, but I, you know, if I didn't have this case to like mess around with, but I definitely think it would be great to have it solved. And I'm definitely one of those people. I don't know about you, but I don't really have a problem with, you know, like I said, I mean, I don't have a suspect, but there's definitely got certain suspects that I'm very, like I said, I'm definitely very adamant that Joseph D'Angelo was not uh, the Zodiac killer. And, uh, but if, guess what, if somehow they were able to pin it on him and they got DNA that, you know, from the, from, and it matched his, guess what? I would stand up and just be, you know, absolutely not. I would not be as, uh, a bad sport over it. And I'm, I'm sure you, you feel the same way with the Cooper case as far as let's just get this thing over with. Well, I don't, I definitely don't want the Cooper case to end until, uh, after my show's done, because I think if it's solved yeah. tomorrow, it's bad for my show. <laughs> yeah. It will, well, it would change the whole trajectory because I don't know. There's a guy named, uh, uh Mike Morford who actually runs the Zodiac killer, site and then he actually did a podcast on uh criminology 
and the second season, the first season they did it on the Zodiac Killer case. The second season they did it on the Golden State Killer case. And it actually, that case was actually solved. Like, I think like halfway, I think they were going to do like 12, like 12 episodes. And I think it was solved at like eight or something. Like, I don't remember off the top of my head. And they ended up having to totally change it. But they went ahead and went through the 12 episodes they were going to do. And then they did like 15 or 16, having to kind of basically change it. So I, I think you'd probably be a smart enough guy where you'd be able to roll with the punches and try to figure it out. But it would definitely make things a lot uh, more hectic and, and uh, crazy for you. If you had to bet your rent money, is Zodiac Killer D.B. Cooper? Um, yeah, I would say no. I would I would feel very comfortable, yeah, and 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 uh, and put my rent money on the line, and uh, just because of the reasons that I basically stated, you know, that you're you're just looking at the givens that we have, and they just they just look at di- they look like different people, you know. I'm not a professional profiler; I will not claim to be one, but you spend enough time looking at these cases, you unless you're just you know not paying attention. You can pick up traits. People have traits. You know, even though the Zodiac Killer was definitely very unique and all over, you know, you know, strange and all over, kind of all over the map, he still had personality traits. You know, D.B. Cooper did. Uh, and it's, it's, it's hard to get away from that, besides the fact that it's like, you know, it's just, you know, we just don't have enough givens. You know, we don't even, I mean, we don't have, we don't have enough givens. I mean, we, we, you know, we don't know obviously enough about D.B. Cooper to even put him in a, you know, in certain parts of California. That's for sure. We can barely put him at the Portland airport uh, until he buys yeah. the ticket. Yeah. And we don't even know. It's like, you know, you don't even know like what, was it about that? Because it's like even some of those suspects, you know, that, you know, that as you, as you well know, you're like a lot of them, you're just like trying to figure out how do we put them? Like, why in the world is he showing up here? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people uh, I've heard uh, one guy in particular say, it's like he came from nowhere and went back to nowhere. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's like a perfect, uh, it's definitely a perfect, uh, way to sum that up because uh, there's just so much unknowns i mean it, it is it's one of those things where you're just like if it wasn't for the fact that it's like for for me personally i even i think i even wasn't wasn't there a theory on trying to say that the the flight crew might have been involved or something like that it's just like yeah i've heard that before yeah and it's just like and he wasn't even real and to me that that's like goes into like the whole just any sort of real deep dives into trying to be like okay you know, with, with the Zodiac killer, it's just like, okay, this is just like, unless I saw like more evidence, it's like, why would I want to subject? I mean, I like to be as open-minded as I can. I like to deep dive as far as I can, but I just can't go into the, like the realm of just where it gets crazy. It's like, (laughs) because I mean, you think about it, it's like, I mean, that's just, I mean, there's just, there's too many people to try to keep quiet. It's like, and for $200,000, and I mean, I granted, I know that that was like, what, like a little over a million bucks. Yeah, I think it's like a million and a quarter today. Yeah, but I just don't think that that a flight crew would 
would be doing that for that kind of cash. It just seems like somebody would have talked. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It's like that old saying, the only way two people can keep a secret is if one of them's dead. Yep. How many times? And that's honestly like one of the things I do when anytime you, you get into that, you're just like, nope. It just, it's really hard to do that because that's the thing. It's not like anybody, I mean, they've all like stuck to, stuck to their story and, you know, it's like, surely somebody would have just been like at some point, like enough's enough. And then you would have had that. And that would have just like created all kinds of turmoil, but that's never happened. And so it's like, you have to go with what you know and the givens and it's like, and go, and it, when you start trying to go off into insanity, it's exactly where it's going to lead you. And it's like, I try to be, you know, respectful of the people that like to go off into that stuff. But personally, I just, I feel like just looking at the actual like givens in a case is just, that takes up enough of my time. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've researched suspects where I thought the whole time that it, it's not even plausible. Yeah. And yeah, and it's and it's occasionally you you try to do that because, again, you want to keep an open mind. And, you know, obviously, you know, in both cases, you know, all the people that are involved, you know, huge amounts of, you know, there's a lot of similarities, too, with the with the uh, online community and everything nowadays with both cases. It's like we're obviously wrong somehow, some way, you know, we definitely we haven't you know, we haven't closed this thing out. But it's like occasionally some of these people that you read about, you're just like, nope, this is just this is not good. Yeah. And even even some of the real crazy ones, you know, that person did put a lot of work into their mm-hmm. their theory, their research. And, you know, maybe the Kool-Aid guy wasn't D.B. Cooper, but maybe there's some tidbit of information in there that mm-hmm. that's going to be really interesting. Or maybe they sure. uncovered something while they were doing that. That could actually yep. further the case somehow. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely, that's definitely true. And that's what makes it difficult because you have to like, you try to like weed through that. And sometimes it's frustrating and hard, especially as, as <clears throat> you know, as many years as I've been looking at this and, you know, there's people that have been doing it longer. And I'm just like, a lot of them honestly have started to fall by the wayside with not, not literally, but just like you, you've got a lot of people like, they were from back in the day. They've just kind of gotten burnt out at some point. And I've definitely had times where I've been kind of like, you know, tired of it. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, even when I've tried to like really move on to other cases, I'll kind of like temporarily. <laughs> and then my mind like sort of wanders back to the Soviet case. You know, like I said, I've always definitely had an appreciation for the DB Cooper case and definitely any, uh, Oh, any sort of documentary or show, I have to like watch it because it's like I don't know how anybody that doesn't like a you know mystery can't like get into that. Do you have a favorite DB Cooper suspect? I really don't. I mean, I, I mean, I, I definitely got swayed a little bit when was it was it the History Channel that did that big special a couple of years ago? Yeah, in twenty sixteen on uh, yeah, Robert Rackstraw. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was interesting, but I totally respect and I get the people that are kind of, you know, pretty adamant that 
he he was and i know he just recently passed away um isn't, isn't that correct yeah yeah about three weeks ago a month ago yeah and so uh yeah it was interesting but i think it i think it might i mean i'm guessing i was trying i definitely i listened to that podcast you're on uh one of them recently just to kind of get some uh, like a feel for like besides how you do your podcast but uh I'm trying to remember, was he on your list of even suspects that you even consider? I, I don't know. Uh, I I think it's plausible. The obstacle that's tough for me to overcome with Rackstraw is the age. Uh, he was, you know, 28, 29 years old, I think at the time of the hijacking. Um, and you had a woman that sat next to him for five hours who described him as being mid to late forties. Yeah. And he definitely... Yeah, he definitely, and he didn't look, I mean, from the pictures I've seen, he didn't look like one of those guys that was like 28, but looked like they were like old. He looked about right. I mean, at least to me, from my, you know, from my vantage point. Yeah, I definitely like, that's the problem is, is I think he, he kind of became like a little bit like, you know, in the Zodiac community, we kind of have the guy Arthur Lee Allen that became like so synonymous with the case and uh, uh i'm trying to remember the, who's the guy that's really pushing that angle with uh rick shaw uh tom colbert yeah yeah so he's kind of like in the in the zodiac community it's this guy that you know basically you know he, he wrote the book that got me into the case and got plenty of people into the case you know the the robert graysmith and that's what the movie and everything is based off of but over the years, as people like have learned, you know, they learned there's just a lot of like inaccuracies and problems. And I think at some point he got the blinders on and just zeroed in on on uh, uh, Arthur Lee Allen. And so I think there's probably a lot of similarities between both of those guys and their suspects. Let's talk about that for a second. Why do you think it is that you'll have someone researching the case and then they hone in on a suspect, you know, all of a sudden they're looking at, oh, it's Billy Smith. Billy Smith did it. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it just, they make everything fit that one person and they just keep pushing that narrative. Mm-hmm. Why is that? It's probably a lot of different things. I mean, it's probably like, I mean, you know, without actually, you know, I don't personally, I don't, I've never met Robert Gray Smith. I mean, by the time I got into the case, you know, like I said, like, 17 trying to think eight i can't remember now it was definitely just under 20 you know he was pretty much like kind of gone from the you know he was definitely pre-internet he doesn't really have much of a presence i mean he's still very much alive he's written a bunch of books since then um but i think you know so i don't personally know him but i think a lot of these people like they just they want to solve it so badly that they just, they, they, they believe it. And they're like, I've got to make this stuff fit. And that's the one thing I will say, man, if you, if you're, if you are going after somebody and you're really getting deep into that, man, that is like the worst, the worst way to go about it. Because once you start doing that, you're just, you're going off the reservation and you're just, it's, it's not, it's not good. Yeah. I I mean, it obviously happens quite a bit in the DB Cooper case. It's sure people just get honed in on one particular suspect and then Mm -hmm. it seems like they're no longer open-minded about anything. Yeah. Or even kind of stretching facts. 
Oh, sure. I mean, I think on a, I was reading on something where somebody was actually trying to pin the uh, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, as DB Cooper, and they basically just made a, a just a flat out comment, you know, because his his uh, appearance by nineteen, you know, or nineteen seventy one would have it just it wouldn't have worked, and I think he was like way. I think he was weight. I'm trying to think way too tall, but it just, it just doesn't work on top of the fact that a million other problems, but basically they were just like appearance be damned. You know, I just, I know it. I know the guy had a problem cause you know, he, he tried to, you know, he bombed a couple of uh, airline offices uh, or at least one. I'm not overly familiar with his case, but I do. And it's just like nothing, nothing fits either. It's like, if you know any anything about him i'm like he would not have been sitting on an airplane for five hours smoking cigarettes you know drinking bourbon and just chilling i mean the guy had no no ability to deal with people like that's why he fit the unabomber to a t like you know creating putting bombs at places and having them go off with him having to be completely impersonal as far as, you know, he was not going to be capable of going up to somebody and stabbing them or anything like that. It, it fits him to a T. I mean, this guy, you know, went off the reservation and was, you know, going off and, and was living out in the woods. And, uh, you know, does that sound like D.B. Cooper to you? It doesn't to me. And so it's just like you see some of these people that they get one little thing that, okay, and even Cooper even said he didn't have a you know, didn't he have a quote that he didn't have, he didn't have a problem with the airline? Yeah, exactly. I don't have a problem with your airline, ma'am. I, yeah. I don't have a grudge against your airline, ma'am. I just have a grudge. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah, Ted Kaczynski had a problem. Yeah. He had a huge problem against any kind of like airline or what, you know, whatever he hated technology, you know, and wrote the, you know, a giant manifest on it. It's like, you know, that's just, that's not, that's not D.B. Cooper. It's like, I mean, you know, we can't gravitate. And a lot of people will do that. And I think a lot of people try to do that when they try to uh, tie in Zodiac with stuff. Oh, well, you know, you know, Ed Edwards was, was a lover's lane killer, you know? So it's like, but okay. I mean, lots of people, you know, you know, that's an easy, that's really in a lot of ways, that's an easy target. And it didn't even have to mean anything. And a lot of these guys, they all have their different reasons or different problems. And, you know, Zodiac never really talked about any kind of problem towards anybody. He was very impartial. Like all of his letters, like when he would bring up the fact that he was trying to basically, you know, boast about killing a killing, it was very much like nothing about it, about any kind of, you know, any sort of detail as far as these people like mattering at any sort of way to him very very cold like i don't care i killed him it was and it was always like using terms about how it was fun killing is fun i you know stuff like that but never and those are the things that you kind of have to like look at and to me those are the things that are way more important than trying to like you know ram oh well you know people will say what the golden state killer because he tied certain victims up and that one time at Lake Berryessa, Zodiac did, and they hang on to that. You're just like, well, he didn't all these other times. And also, as I've explained, there's all these other problems that don't fit, but they'll gravitate towards the one little thing, and they just try to, you know, to pigeonhole it. I mean, I will say with Gray Smith and Robert, 
uh, I mean, with uh, Arthur Lee Allen. I mean, he, I mean, that, you know, to his credit, I mean, Arthur Lee Allen was no doubt a legitimate suspect, um, was, you know, looked at. And that's part of my problem with it, too, is I'm like, nobody has been looked at more by every, you know, all the police agencies, um, all the armchair detectives. And still we're just grasping at straws. And I mean, I have I mean, other than when I first got into the case, I might have been like, oh, yeah, Arthur Lee Allen. But I was definitely by the time the Finchner, I don't know if you've seen it, but the Finchner movie, it's a, it's a fun movie to watch as far as like I like the way it's done. But again, he just he hangs up on Arthur Lee Allen. And if you really get into it, there's just so many problems with it. It's very it's a circumstantial case. And. And so you kind of get to a, by that point, I was definitely, I went to the movie very much. I've kind of like, I, I enjoy the movie a little bit more now. In fact, I actually watched it the other night, just kind of, eh, I don't have anything to do. Um, but for the most part, I don't really, uh, I don't look at it the same way. I'm kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm comfortable with Arthur Lee Allen being the suspect in this movie. I'm comfortable with the fact that I don't believe that he was, was Zodiac, but I don't have to be you know mad about it. Well, but you still watch Star Wars and know it's not real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, so you know how it is. It's like I'm sure, I'm sure uh, at some point if they ever come out with some sort, it would probably be harder to do a full length picture. But I guess you you could maybe do something on the Cooper case as far as you'd probably have to spend more time on the years and years of like some sort of angle with the investigation or something because you know the actual. The you know, the narrative with him is a lot smaller. His his little his little time in the sun came and went a lot quicker. You know that plane and everything, but flight was you know a lot. You know, you're not talking about the amount of you know murders and everything like that. But I'm sure you would be you would probably be frustrated, but you could probably appreciate certain aspects that they did it well. Oh yeah, I'm a fan of any DB Cooper content. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll watch something even though I know it's not possible or even yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the History Channel had that that I don't know five part thing on the Zodiac a couple of years ago that was just. I mean, I guess I'll give them credit because they sort of went off the beaten path. But at the end of the day, I don't really believe, and I you know pretty adamant that you're not going to solve uh, murders or real mysteries at the end of the day are not going to be solved on the history channel. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that kind of stuff, it's, it's more for an audience who is semi familiar with the story or, you know, just know the headlines, Um, you know, for, for you or someone like myself that are like way deep down the rabbit hole in these stories. uh, It's just never enough and it's never going to be satisfying for us. Yeah. On that level. Yeah. Uh, James, if people want to get a hold of you to harass you about the Zodiac killer, uh, or ask you questions, is there somewhere they could do that? Yeah, definitely. I'm, uh, active on Twitter at just by name, James Cook, but at, uh, crime talker 1941. If you hit me up on Twitter, I will explain to you where the, that came from. And then I'm obviously, like I said, I'm a, I'm one of the, the, I'm one of the adults or the policemen in the room at the uh, Zodiac killer discussion group on uh, Facebook. So other than that, those are the places. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to talk to anybody anytime. Hit me up. Well, I appreciate you coming on James. 
All right. Thanks for having me, Darren. I really appreciate it. It was a good talk. It was. Thank you. Go follow James on Twitter at CrimeTalker1941. And if you need more Zodiac Killer, check out the Zodiac Killer discussion group that he moderates on Facebook. You'll find a link to both in the show notes. If you want to hit us up, you can find us on Facebook. We are The Cooper Vortex on Twitter at dbcooperpodcast or email us at dbcooperpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review. Thank you to James Cook for being an expert on the Zodiac, but brave enough to come on a show about D.B. Cooper. Thank you to Russell Colbert for being brave enough to deal with me. I'm Darren Schaefer, and thank you for listening to The Cooper Vortex.